So we are going to be on page 44, We Agnostics, uh, chapter 4, and I have to say this is uh, my most favorite chapter. It, it really is. And I'm not going to read every paragraph and, you know, I'll tell you where I am, but I want to, I want to start uh, the first, well, of course, We Agnostics, as we know, ag, which A-G is without. And agnostics is without is knowledge. So without knowledge. So here we are in the in the preceding chapters. You have learned something about alcoholism. We hope you have made clear the distinction between the alcoholic and the non-alcoholic. So here's two questions: If, when you honestly want to, you you find you cannot quit entirely, or when drinking, eating you have little control over the amount you take, you are probably alcoholic. So if this be the case, you may be suffering from an illness, illness which only a spiritual experience will conquer. So also I wanna, I'm not going to, well, step one, that's what you did last week. And if you just go back to page 43, the last paragraph, it says, once more, because all through these previous chapters are talking about, are telling us what's wrong with us, and you know what we need to do and of course more about alcoholism is more facts about what's wrong with us so once more the alcoholic at certain times has no effective mental defense against the first drink except in a few rare cases neither he nor any other human being can provide such a defense his defense must come from a higher power so here we are with we agnostics and um, further down on the, on the page, on, uh, on page 44, uh, to be doomed, it's like the second paragraph, I, I guess it's like line 13 or whatever, to be doomed to an alcoholic death or to live on a spiritual basis are not always easy alternatives to face. But it isn't so difficult. About half of our original fellowship were, were of exactly that type. At first, some of us, ha us tried to avoid the issue, hoping against who we were not true alcoholics. But after a while, we had to face the facts that we must find a spiritual basis of life or else. So, you know, for me, at this point, hearing step one and everything that's wrong with me, like I'm coming to this point, like, what's my alternative? Like, and for me, it's those old ideas and all that stuff. I had to, I had to give up. I didn't know that's really what, you know, had to be done. But, you know, we have a choice. Find a spiritual, like it says, spiritual basis of life or else. So it's like put the food down, work the steps. There's no, there's no third door. There's no, so for me it had to, but I had difficulty in the beginning with the whole, with the whole God thing. So, um, on page 45, when we get to the second paragraph, lack of power, that was our dilemma. We had to find a power which we could live, or it had to be a power greater than ourselves, obviously. But where and how are we to find this power? And I have to say, for the next 10 pages, it's going to tell us exactly where and how to find this power. And this is the beauty of this book and how it's laid out and how we start with one, then we go on to two. So 
it says, well, that's exactly what this book is about. Its main object is to enable you to find a power greater than yourself, which will solve your problem. You know, and it, it says the same thing on page 20 when you go back into there is a solution. It tells us the exact same thing. I don't get the exact words because I don't know it off the top. But uh, where am I? Page, excuse me, 20. Uh, halfway, uh, like the third paragraph, where it says, um, we have recovered from a hopeless condition of mind and body. If you are an alcoholic who wants to get over it, you may already be asking, what do I have to do? It is the purpose of this book to answer such questions specifically. So it's telling us what this book is gonna, is gonna do for us. And at this point, I have little sheets because I couldn't write, so <laughs> I'm using these, which is helping me. Um, so on page 46, we're going to go to page 46, and it's on the last paragraph. We found that God does not, no, no, that's not where I, oh, I'm sorry, it's like uh, the second paragraph, second paragraph. We found that as soon as we were able to lay aside prejudice, and express even a willingness to believe in a power greater than ourselves, we commenced to get results, even though it was impossible for any of us to fully define or comprehend that power, which is God. So, you know, at this point, much to our, to our relief, we discovered we did not need to consider another's conception of God, our own conception, however inadequate, and that's the word, inadequate, was sufficient to make the approach and to effect a contact with him. And as soon as we admitted the, possi the possible existence of a creative intelligence, a spirit of the universe, underlying the totality of things, we began to be possessed, possessed of a new sense of power and direction, provided we took a few simple steps, which is the 12 steps. We found that God does not make too hard terms with those who seek him. To us, the realm of the spirit is broad, roomy, all-inclusive, never exclusive or forbidding. To those who earnestly seek him, it is open, we believe, to all men. And that's what I was told here. These 12 steps and these promises and all this in this book is open to each and every one of us. And that is the beauty, like, you know, because I had, I had to start talking to God and I had very, I had difficulty with it. And so for me, um, I'll just give a little short story. Well, it says, when therefore we speak to, of you, God, we mean your own conception of God. This applies to other spiritual expressions which you find in this book. Do not let any prejudice, and this is important, you may have against spiritual terms deter you from honestly asking yourself what they mean to you. At the start, we will all, at the start, this was all we needed to commence spiritual growth to affect our first conscious relation with God as we understood him. And for me, I, it's a little quick story of what happened with me because I had to lay aside prejudice. I grew up Catholic, and when I was eight years old, I had a nun that told me on a daily basis that I was bad and God was going to punish me, and I believed her. I believed her until I was 41. I believed that. 
until I was 41 years old when I came in, came into the program, because I thought she's the closest to God. She's 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 right. And as my and you know as the years went on and when I first came into recovery, my son's in CCD. I start I went back to church. I thought well maybe I'll go back to church. Like I was trying all different things. I'll go back to church. I'll. And I remember sitting in church in the bulletin and I had this sister Ann, uh, she was an addiction counselor. And I was like, why would she be in the church? Like, this is how my thinking was so off. What possessed me to call her, I called her. And I'm like, she's not gonna call me back. I knew she's not, well, she called me. It was a Friday night and she called me and she's like, what's going on? And I was like, I was deathly afraid. I'm like, this is a nun and I'm gonna tell her I'm working these steps and I gonna do all this stuff. And she said, come and see me. Drop your son at CCD and come and see me. And I'm like, oh, man, holy. So I walked up to the, what's it called? The convent. convent. Thank you. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I knocked on the door, and she opened the door, and she was about four foot nine, bright red hair. And she, she said, are you Nancy? And I said, yep. And she grabbed me and hugged me. And I was like, mm-hmm. no nun ever did that to me. No nun ever did that to me. What I, and the reason I'm telling the story is I took what happened to me those years. I took it through my life. My parents weren't telling me this stuff. People in my life weren't saying, I took that and used it to stay in my self-pity and my, all my, all my crap, you know, so I could have, be in my own stuff. And anyway, I, I was totally like taken back. So she takes me in this room and it was this beautiful room and we're sitting in there and it was all white and all like these big couches and she's like just sit down and I was like she goes what's going on and I don't know you know I just started telling her where I was in my life what happened all the things that I did I'm an alcoholic too all the things I did and I started telling her she's like I did that too I'm like no you didn't you're a nun she goes I'm an addict too it doesn't matter I'm an addict and I was like oh man so I sat there and, and what happened was I really, like I wanted her to say these things like that I wasn't good and everything that I said, she's like, what that nun told you was wrong, she was sick. So then I would tell her some more stuff. She's like, I did that too, I'm an alcoholic too, I'm a food addict and you know, there's nothing you can say to me but there's a solution here. So I went on again and she goes, all right, enough is enough. She said, get off the cross, we need the wood. She told me right then and there, this is it. This is going to stop. You're here for a reason. She goes, you take my God. My God is loving and caring and understanding. He's your best friend, and he will be with you all the way. And that's the God take with you out of here. And that's why I'm telling the story, because lay aside the prejudice and all that, and I took for however, that leap of faith to go talk with somebody else. And for me, it changed it. I left there and I took her God. I took her God and that God has developed into my God and it is the most important thing to me today. And if you, if I, if you, if you ever told me I would have been saying that when I walked in the door, let me tell you, and, and it, cause I feel it. And I've had so many people in my life, so many women, that have felt that from the beginning and I didn't get it and I feel it today. So I just wanted to share that little story. I don't wanna, am I good? Mm -hmm. Okay, so, all right. So now 
I'm gonna get myself together here. <laughs> so, you know, we don't have to know everything about this power. We just have to believe or willing to believe in the power. There must be something instead of ourselves that can or will put us in the position to live life and enjoy it. And that's all I ever wanted. That's all I ever wanted was to enjoy life and be part of it. Coming into the program, I feel part of life and I feel part of something. Consider this, when it comes to using power to help us in everyday living, most of us don't or can't fully comprehend the power of common household electric lighting, but we don't sit around in the dark until, the, until we figure it all out, do we? So, you know, for me, if I'm gonna question everything, God, he's here with me, he's here. I don't question it anymore. I don't try to, like, I don't, I try to figure out the electricity. How's that all work up in there? And this, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> it's the same with God, but that's what's changed my life. Okay, so we're going to go to page 48. And uh, I think it's like line seven. Faced with alcoholic destruction, we soon became as open-minded on spiritual matters as we had tried to be on other questions. In this respect, alcohol was a great persuader. It finally beat us into a state of reasonableness. You know, these, these are the things that were blocking me and, you know, we come to this point. Some, in this respect, okay, I'm sorry. Sometimes this was a tedious process. We hope no one else will be prejudiced for as long as some of us were. And they say that again, it keeps telling us about being prejudiced because I am this judgmental prejudice, here I am. The reader may still ask why he should believe in a power. See, they, they know, they know like the next thing to say. A power greater than themselves. We think there are good reasons. Let us look at some of them. And you know, it starts to tell us the practical individual of today is a stickler for facts and results. Absolutely, show me the facts, show me the results. Nevertheless, the 20th century readily accepts theories of all kinds, provided they are firmly grounded in fact. You know, we have numerous theories, for example, about electricity. Here we go again. Everybody believes that then without a murmur of doubt. Why this ready acceptance? Simply because it, it is impossible to explain, explain what we see, feel, direct, and use without reasonable assumption as a starting point. So, you know, it's all these things I had to, what I believed I had to lay aside. I had to lay aside. I just did. And, um, you know, I have things, and you know, more will be revealed. On page 49, um, uh, we have no reason to doubt it when, however, the perfectly logical assumption is suggested that underneath the material world and life as we see it, there is an all-powerful, guiding, creative intelligence. Right there, our perverse streak comes to the surface and we laboriously set out to convince ourselves it isn't so. And that was me. I'm, gonna, I'm still gonna try to convince myself. You know, we don't wanna believe um, because I don't, I still want to be self-sufficient. So if I'm going through all these chapters on step one and I'm coming here, something's got to be different. Something's got to change here. And so I want to go to page 50. Uh, last paragraph. Here are thousands of men and women, worldly indeed, 
they flatly declare, declare that since they have come to believe in a power greater than themselves, to take a certain attitude toward that power and to do certain simple things, which are the 12 steps, there has been a revolutionary change in their way of living and thinking. Amen, because that was me. It started changing. In the face of collapse and despair, in the face of total failure of their human resources, they found that a new power, peace, happiness, and sense of direction flowed into them. Who doesn't want that? Who doesn't want that? Tell me. Well, I do. <laughs> this happened soon after they wholeheartedly met a few simple requirements, and that's the 12 steps. Once confused and baffled by the seeming futility of existence, they show that underlying reasons why they were making heavy going of life. Laying aside the drink question, they tell, they tell why living was so unsatisfactory. Um, so unsatisfactory. They show how the change came over them when many hundreds of people are able to say the consciousness of the presence of God is today the most important fact of their lives. They present a powerful reason why one should have faith. And that is it for me right there. And I have in the margin, do I believe my lack of power reasons why I was making so, such a hard go of things. And you know what, I, I, I started believing this and I believe this today. And so you, we go over to page 50, 52 because it's gonna tell us, um, but in most fields, our generation has witnessed complete liberation of our thinking. Show any longshoreman a Sunday supplement describing a proposal to explore the moon by means of a rocket, and he will say, I bet they do it. I bet they can do it. Maybe not so long either. Is not our age characterized by the ease with which we discard old ideas, here's our old ideas for new, by the complete readiness which we throw away the theory or gadget which does not work for something new which does? So now we had to ask ourselves why we shouldn't apply our human problems the same readiness to change our point of view. We were having trouble with personal relationships. We couldn't control our emotional natures. We were a prey to misery and depression. We couldn't make a living. We had a feeling of uselessness. We were full of fear. We were unhappy. We couldn't seem to be of real help to other people. Was not our was not a basic solution of these bedevilments more important than whether we should see newsreels of lunar flight? Of course it was not. And this paragraph right here is a great dis description of a, is a sober, untreated alcoholism. These bedevilments. So it's like, when we saw others solve their problem by simple reliance upon a spirit of the universe, we had to stop doubting the power of God. Our ideas did not work. The God idea did. And, you know, I, I believe that today. And I'm going to go to page 53. When we became alcoholics, crushed by a self-imposed crisis, we could not postpone or evade. We had to fiercely face the proposition that God that either God is everything or he is nothing. 
God either is or he isn't. What was our choice to be? My choice my, my whole life before I came in here, I questioned everything. Today my choice is he is, he is everything. He, he is, he is he's what saved me. Um, so step two, this is our choice. Now, you know, we could not postpone or evade. There's a timeline here. Notice a requirement for step two. We had to fiercely face the proposition that either God is everything or he is nothing. God either is or he isn't. Keep in mind, though, your own conception of God doesn't have to be mine, it's your own conception of God. And uh, with that, I'm going to, uh, oh, I'm, oh I, I got a few more. I'm sorry, I thought it was, I'm looking there. Okay, so, um, 52. So, you know, now we, now here we talk, you know, because we're going to talk about more logic. In the past, I have stuck to the idea that self-sufficiency would solve my problems. Um, logic is great stuff on page 53. We liked it. We still liked it. It is not by chance we were given the power to reason, to examine the evidence of our senses, and to draw conclusions. This, that is one of man's magnificent attributes. We agnostically inclined would not feel satisfied with a proposal which could not lend itself to reasonable approach and interpretation. Hence, we are at pains to tell why we think our present faith is reasonable, reasonable, why we think it is more sane and logic to believe than not to believe, why we say our formal thinking was soft and mushy, which to me is, it was totally confusing. Uh, when we threw up our hands in doubt, we don't know. Was I at this point? When we became alcoholics, I think I read this part, didn't I? Yeah, imposed, mm -hmm. self-imposed by, yeah, sorry, crisis. We had, we could not postpone or evade. Okay, so let me move on here. We're going to go on page 54. Um, or the second paragraph. We found, too, that we had been worshipers, yet uh, what a state of mental goose flesh that used to bring, used to bring on. Had we not variously worship people, sentiments, things, money, and ourselves. That was my whole thing. You know, money, people, if they could only give me what I needed, then, I, then everything would be good. I would, I would be okay in life. And then with a better motive, had we not worshipfully beheld the sunset, the sea, or a flower, who of us has not loved something or somebody? How much did these feelings, these loves, these worships, have to do with pure reason. Little or nothing, we saw at last. We were not these things, were not these things the tissue out of which our lives were constructed? Did we not, did not these feelings, after all, determine the course of our existence? It was impossible to say we had no capacity for faith or love or worship. In one form or another, we have been living by faith or little else. And you know, it's still, it's, to me, it's in this chapter, I have to be a seeker. I have to just keep seeking. And I have to do that on a daily basis still. I have to keep seeking because my old ideas can come back, can come back in here too. Imagine life without faith. 
where nothing left but pure reason, it wouldn't be life. And you know what? Today I have a life. I have a life. And and I am very self-centered, I'll just say this, but you know, there's sayings and I go by them, you know, if I'm God-centered, I'm less self-centered. And you know, those things, you know, because they, I fool myself, like on page fix, uh, 55, actually we were fooling ourselves because I'm blocked. For deep down in every man, woman, and child is the fundamental idea of God. Because it's, you know, it may be obscured by calamity, by pomp, which is my ego, by worship of other things, but in some form or other, it is there for faith in a power greater than ourselves and miraculous demonstrations of that power in human lives are fact as old as man himself. And you know what? It's, you know, I have to keep seeking. That is the message um, with we agnostics and, and believe today that God is everything. And with that, I will be done.